0: I promise you, friend, good things are coming. Romans chapter something tells us that all things work together for good for those who God has called according to his purpose. Now, I promise you, friend, I know the jail cell that Peter was once in. Was I facing Herod, the king? No, I was not. Was I facing the wrath of death? Yes, I was. And I have a feeling you've been there too at one point or another. And the thing about that is it's hard to be in that jail cell. It's isolating. It's cold and it's lonely. And it feels like there's no way out. But friend, I promise you this. The spirit of the living God is inside of you. And he loves you. And he is for you. And he is all around you. Even in the pits of despair and darkness, he is with you and he is walking with you through this. You are not alone, friend. And I tell you truly that he will make a way and good things are coming. You will not be alone in your struggles. All you must do is be obedient and let him in. In Acts we see when Peter is arrested, he's thrown in prison, once again facing such drastic trials. How many trials have you faced in your life? How many times have you wrongfully gone through something? Oh, God, I studied really hard for that test. I put all that work in and I did all the work, but I failed it. And it's not fair. And I don't know why it happened, but it's not fair. God, my wife cheated on me, but that's not fair. I was a good wife. I did everything. I cleaned the house. I did the chores. I, you know, made all the meals. You know, I was faithful to him. I gave him everything he wanted. Yeah, he cheated. That's not fair. God, I just started hanging out with these friends and they took advantage of me and, you know, it's not fair that I'm in this situation now. We can keep going on and on every single day of our lives about how our situation's not fair and we're being wrongfully persecuted. But keep in mind, when you bring that request to God, when you claim that to him, you're speaking to the one who was ultimately persecuted for not fairness He's the one above all who faced the ultimate trial. He laid down his life for you. So next time you go to him saying how badly you've been persecuted, don't forget who the ultimate person was who faced such persecution. And because of that, God extends us sympathy and kindness and compassion. He looks down on us. He'll turn his face towards us. He will hear his servants cries for his help you are not alone in this so don't isolate yourself humans will fail you your family will fail you your friends will fail you but god lord savior our jesus christ will never fail you he will never leave you alone in the pits of despair he will never leave you alone in that jail cell he will never leave you alone with that mortgage debt he will never leave you alone with that bill you can't pay he will never leave you alone with that abusive person he will never leave you alone um, when you're going through mental health crisis he will never leave you alone with any of these things he is right there with you you just need to reach out your hand and when i say good things are coming friend when you have a spirit of god inside you he is with you every moment of every day and sometimes God is so good, we can't even comprehend his goodness. We think to ourselves, in our limited little human brains, the maximum goodness that could come from any situation. But I tell you truly, in any situation, God is willing to break the chains and set you free, more free than you could have ever imagined. So I tell you in Acts chapter 12, um, when we look at Herod, who just killed uh, one of the disciples, James, uh, and put him to death. He now also sees Peter. And he puts Peter in jail as well. Um, and he's going to bring him to court. The very uh next day. After his arrest. And uh, presumably that would be to put him to death. At that point. And so Peter's now watched his uh friend die. And he knows he's next on the chopping block. And Peter's probably crying out for help this entire time to God. I mean, he's a faithful, godly man. He's been walking with the Lord. He, um, you know, was faithful to Jesus while he was here. And so he's probably thinking to himself, oh my goodness, you know, God, I need you. God, I need you. He's praying out to God, you know, is something we can assume. It's not written down. but We could just assume that he was turning to God in this time. Or on the flip side, he may have turned away from God. He may have Uh, sunken into the pits of despair, and he may have uh, isolated himself from God, but God in all circumstances, all circumstances will make a way, and he will never leave you alone. And so we don't know uh, Peter's immediate reaction to the arrest, but you can assume that he's in a lot of distress. Um, And so while Peter was in prison, The church was earnestly praying to God for him. And what does that show you? That shows you that even in the pits of despair, there are people in this world who will pray for you, who do care for you. Even when you have a falling out with your parents, your siblings, your best friends, your loved one, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, even when you have those moments, there are people that God has placed in this world Who care about you and will pray for you and will help you seek God. You just need to surround yourself with people like that. So, when Peter was in prison, he didn't have a group of friends who were, you know, vaping and doing drugs on the weekend and, you know, shopping and indulging in the flesh. No, he had a group of friends who were involved in the church. He had a group of friends who were also willing to lay their life down for God, who were motivating him spiritually through this time, who were supporting him and his ministry and his vision for what the church were to be like and um, supporting his anointing that God gave him, that Jesus gave him before he passed, and so I, or after he's passed in the resurrection. So I tell you, it's just so incredible to think about the fact that while Peter is here in prison, we don't know what he's doing and what he's thinking, But we know that the people closest to him and people who aren't even close, just the church, the institution, the early formation of uh, Christ followers, are earnestly praying to God for him. And that's a situation that we can't even think about. Juno, can you think of how many times someone in your life has prayed for you and you have no idea? You have no idea. You have no idea the good that God is doing in behind the scenes of your life at any given moment. You don't know what God's sparing you from. You don't know what God's doing for you. You don't know all those things. Those are hidden from us. And that in itself is so beautiful. So Peter doesn't know these people are praying for him, but that love is felt. That love is brought to God. God is bringing that love back to Peter. And that's the beauty of that relationship. That I can be across the world praying for someone. And God can bring that love to that person's heart. And into that person's life. And that's beautiful. And so sometimes we can't even comprehend the good that goes on that God delivers to us. And so it's said next in Acts 12 verse 6 that the night before Herod was to bring to trial, that's when an angel of the Lord appeared. And... Sometimes when we're in the pit of despair, when we're in that prison cell, we don't immediately feel God's presence, especially if we're not seeking it. We don't always get good when we want it. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes good people are arrested in prison cells awaiting a death sentence. What was your death sentence? Did you crash the car? You had no money? You had cancer and were given months to live. You had a family member suddenly pass away unexpectedly. What was your pit of despair? What was your jail cell? And you probably called out to God or maybe you didn't, but you brought this before him and then there was no answer. The person wasn't brought back to life. The cancer didn't heal immediately. Or maybe the cancer didn't even heal at all the bill went unpaid and the bank came for the check and sometimes bad things happen and sometimes it's got to get really bad sometimes we have to hit bankruptcy sometimes we have to fall on the knees at a loved one's grave sometimes we have to face our own mortality sometimes we have to go through these hard hard things and that is okay It's not good. It doesn't feel good. But it's okay. Because God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. God is with us. And God leaves it until the night before the trial. For Peter to come to him through the angel of the Lord. Imagine how awful you would feel the night before. Imagine how awful you feel on that day of that loved one's funeral. Imagine how awful you feel Um, as your life expectancy grows shorter and shorter by the minute. Imagine how awful that feels. And I know some of you know what that's like. But in that brutality and in that pain and suffering, God makes a way for good things, which is so painful and hard to think about sometimes. I often wonder why. Why would God come to him the night before? Why did God let Peter sit in that anguish in prison? Why not come to him right away? Sometimes we have to go through hard things to see what God is truly doing. Because if God just fixed us every situation perfectly, if we never suffered, well, we'd be in heaven already. And we live in a fallen world. But God is here to help us with that pain. So when that angel of the Lord appears, the angel quickly strikes Peter and the chains fall off Peter's wrists. Peter does what the angel instructs as they escape the prison together. And let's focus on that for a moment. The angel says, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And Peter followed him. God didn't just send an angel with a message. God sent an angel to walk with Peter out of the pits of despair. Because you're not alone. And you won't ever be alone as long as you have God in your heart. And the fact that the angel walked with him, that that would bring comfort and peace to the situation. That's what God is willing to do for you. He wants to walk with you through the pain. He wants you to be there with him and confess the pain to him and that you would not have to walk through it ever alone. God will give you the cloak to keep you warm to sustain you he will give you the directions so you can follow him but don't forget that peter responded obediently in this peter did so peter followed him out of the prison is god extending you a cloak and you're saying no it's okay i, I i've actually got used to the cold I, i've liked the cold i've gotten used to the idea of sin i've i've gotten used to um, this partying lifestyle. I've gotten used to, um, to saying, uh, negative things to myself about who I am and degrading myself. Um, I've gotten used to hurting myself. I've gotten used to, um, to insulting others and gossiping and it makes me feel better. So even though it's cold and even though, um, it's painful, um, I'm okay. I'm just going to stay here. I got used to this. I'm okay no you take the cloak you take the cloak that god's giving you you take the cloak of his shelter the garment of praise the garment of protection take the cloak from jesus and follow him follow him out take his hand walk with him out of the prison that you're in today he extends you that he is here to give you the goodness of god in every situation and for those of you who have lost a loved one, I know I've used that a bit as an example, but when you walk out with him, he cannot, he, you may not ever experience that loved one here on earth again. However, what you will experience is God's grace and mercy in that time. All you need to do is follow Jesus out of the prison that is your mind. And it can be your life and actions if you let it. Because just like in prison, if you're in just a regular cell, I mean, that sucks. Think of that prison cell like your mind. You know, you're not saying very nice things. It's not very pleasant. But if you sit in that jail cell and if you really act like a prisoner to it and you embody it, I tell you that prison cell will now become solitary confinement and it'll get way worse. It won't just be these negative thoughts in your mind. It'll be negative actions. It'll be negative actions towards your spouse, be negative actions towards your family. It'll be negative actions towards your coworker and it will follow you wherever you go and it will be 24/7 solitary confinement. That is your mind. And that's not what God wants for you. God wants to help you walk out of that prison cell. So then Peter follows him out. Peter's obedient in that. It says Peter had no idea what the angel was doing and what was actually happening because he thought he was seeing a vision. And that's the thing too. Once we take God's hand and walk out of that space, we can't even fathom the good that is happening, that has already happened, and that is yet to come. We can't fathom that God was working and people were praying for us. We can't fathom all these things. And it's so incredible to really think, that Peter that night thought he was going to die the next day and face trial and persecution. He thought he was it was over for him. He thought this was the end. He thought God had probably forsaken him at that point and was willing to lay down his life in the name of Christ. And Peter couldn't even fathom a scenario in which God would send an angel to help him escape. But I tell you, that is how much God loves Peter, and that is how much God loves you. It's not just a story. It's a truth. God is our truth. And his love extends to all. And sometimes God does these really good things. And they really are greater than something we could have ever, ever pictured. But if we walk away without taking that hand, you won't get to see that good. If Peter hadn't followed that angel, he wouldn't have even been able to accept the gift of freedom. And that's what that is an extension of freedom through Christ, through your relationship with Christ in every situation, in every prison cell. You are not alone. And then suddenly the angel left him. The presence of God is hard to feel. And there's a lot of scrutiny within the Christian community of the degree to which you're supposed to feel the presence of God. And sometimes we criticize others and say, oh, well, you're sinning or you're not walking close enough with the Lord if you're not feeling the presence of God. But no one, not even Peter, not even some of the most prolific uh, prophets in the Bible have experienced God's presence 24-7 especially at such a heightened level. So suddenly the angel left him. And I can't imagine, but in a way I can, just the absolute shock that that would have put Peter into, the way Peter would have felt, having this amazing moment that feels like a vision, like a dream, because it's so incredibly good, it just feels like it can't be real because God is doing something so good out of such a bad bad situation. And you're just like, "Wow." And that feels incredible. But then you feel like God's presence has left you. When it follows. And then you want to get it back, but you can't. And we put ourselves in this warping tornado of you know, doubt. Did that really happen? Was it a dream? Was it a vision? Was it real? Was it God? Oh, no, well, it must be just a coincidence. No. Peter then says to himself, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. When this dawned on him, it says he went to see his friends. He brought this to others. He didn't hide it. He didn't go hiding in the towns, fearing that Herod would recapture him. No. He knew in his heart that this was something God did for him. And so he went to see his friends. And I don't want to shame the doubt here. Doubt is so normal and part of your relationship with God. People will tell you it means you're not walking close enough, but I think you're walking pretty close because when you read stories like this, I mean, Peter was in the presence of the angel of the Lord, yet he literally still felt doubt at first he literally thought it was a vision but he allowed his relationship with god to overcome that doubt and he knew that god after reflecting on this it said that then peter came to himself so he was thinking about this he was you know processing and then he knew without a doubt that it was something god had done it wasn't a vision He didn't need to discount what happened to him, and he embraced the goodness of God. And he shared this message with his friends, who also had doubt. When Peter came to the door, they thought that, you know, the person who answered the door was out of their mind. It was Rhoda who came to the door. And when she recognized the voice, she was overjoyed. But it says, you're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting it was so they said it must be his angel because they presumed that peter was dead just as peter assumed he was dead and that can be really frustrating when you come out of the prison cell and when god's helped you out and you're doing good but then you go to thanksgiving dinner and your mom's saying oh are you sure you don't want a bottle of wine The alcohol isn't that bad. It was just a, you went to rehab, it's fine now. It's not that easy when you have people doubting you. When you have people saying, oh, I'm happy you paid off your mortgage, but you also have um, 80 grand in student loans, so there's that as well. When you have people constantly doubting you and dismaying the good things God's done in your life, like, help you with those mortgages and those payments, like, that's hard to hear. And it can be really tolling and it feels like a setback because it feels like this great good thing God's done isn't being embraced by the people you love the most. And that's painful to feel like this good thing you've experienced is only with you and God alone. You want to share the good news. But don't let that discourage you from sharing the good news of what God's done in your life. Just because people can't see that you're out of the prison cell doesn't mean you're still in it. Just because your mom can't see that you've broken the bonds of alcoholism does not mean that you are still an alcoholic. God has let you out of the prison cell. So believe that because God has set you free, that you are truly free. And don't let anyone tell you that you're not. So when they insist that it's an angel, Peter keeps on knocking. What does that say to you? When people say, oh, you're still this, you're still that. When people doubt you, keep on knocking. Keep proclaiming what God has done in your life. Keep showing them. Prove them wrong. And so when they open the door, because Peter was persistent and kept on knocking, they were astonished. And it's hard sometimes proving you've made it out of the prison cell. But God will be right there with you, and people will be astonished to see you out of that prison cell. And Peter motions to them. He says, motions his hand and wants them to be quiet, and then he explains just how they got out of he got out of prison. And sometimes it takes a lot of knocking on doors to get people to listen. And I don't mean, you know, going door to door and house calling, but I certainly do mean it takes a lot sometimes with those people around you, your loved ones. It's hard to get them to open the door and see you out of your prison cell. It's hard to break that down. But God is good and he's with you. He's beside you. He is all around you and he is within you. So when you're in your prison of despair, I encourage you three things. Believe in the good of God in which you cannot see in your bad situation. Like Peter when he was in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. That's number one. Try and see where God is doing good, even though you cannot see it yourself. Have faith in God that he is doing good and you cannot see it and you may not understand it now or ever. But God is doing good in this awful situation. So that's number one. Have faith that God's doing good when you can't see it. Number two, when God brings you that hand, that cloak, wrap it around you. Wrap around God's cloak of goodness and mercy. Put it on. Follow him. Put on that cloak and walk out of that prison cell with him. Follow him out of it. When God brings you a help in hand of salvation, take him up on it. Follow him. Ask him for help. Ask him for the directions. So that's number two. Follow him out of that prison cell. And then number three once you make it out of that prison cell and people don't believe you and say you're out of your mind and this can't be so I tell you keep on knocking just like Peter keep on knocking and people will be astonished at the goodness of God and the goodness of God in your life and let it be testimony to all who are still in the prison cell and help them get out of it Just as God was good to you, be good back to others and use the hardships you've been through to overcome your trials, your future trials, your past trials you beat yourself up on and then to help people get out of their trials. See the goodness of the Lord and what he's doing even when you can't see and feel it. Believe in that. Take God's hand out of the prison cell and follow him earnestly with great strength. Turn to him and follow him. And then keep on knocking and showing and proclaiming to all the work he has done in your life. God is good. Amen.